when Christians get together and they all agree on something, that is a sign of the Holy Spirit's power uh, working in that situation. Not every division of the church ends in negatives. Sometimes divisions of the church end in positives. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode in Bible Classroom. We are going through the book of Acts in this classroom series, and uh, this week I'm working through Acts chapter 15. This is the second episode in a five-episode series that we're doing on Acts chapter 15. Um, This episode, I talk a lot about some of the different ways to read the book of Acts. There are two ways in particular that I walk through. Uh, reading the book of Acts, and actually you can apply this to any part of the Bible, Um, but in particular I show how these two different readings of the book of Acts can be used in chapter uh, 15 of the book. I hope you get something out of this. Uh, This is a great um, little tidbit that you can take with you throughout your reading of the entire Bible, and um, I'm really excited to talk about this because uh, it is really important to at least have these terms. So, hope you guys enjoy. Dear God, thank you so much for um, just giving us this chapter, and thank you for, um, uh, one, just uh, giving me a heart to um, teach these things, God. Um, uh, Thank you for uh, giving everybody in this room a heart to uh, want to learn more about you, God. Um, Thank you for uh, uh, just giving us um, these stories, and not just uh, rules, but stories that we can invest ourselves in. and and really uh, relate to characters and relate to churches in this time period. And we get to um, imagine what these churches might be like. And thank you for giving us that gift of imagination, God. Um, uh, It truly is a joy and a pleasure to be studying your word. And I just ask that as I go through this, that um, you know me, God, I have a tendency sometimes to say things too quickly. So keep me from saying things too quickly and uh, let my words be thoughtful and true. And um, I ask just that uh, you give all of us here in this space a uh, willful heart to hear your word. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So um, I touched on a lot of things as we went through this just because it's fun to just like kind of touch on things. But there's a couple of main things that I did want to touch on as well that uh, are fun to talk about here. So a couple things just as background for this whole story in particular. Um, This uh, probably happened around AD 49. Um, This is so put this in perspective. We know that Jesus uh, death probably happened around AD 30 or 33. If you look at calendars and dates, it's either AD 30 or AD 33. And we can figure that out with Passover in particular and what the uh, Passover John in particular uh, says that Passover fell on like a Thursday. And so we can kind of map based off of that Thursday moment um kind of when jesus died and it's either ad 30 or ad 33 because of that you can then kind of build dates around that and so here we're pretty certain it's ad 49 um at least according to a lot of the commentators i was reading almost everybody was saying ad 49 is when this story happened so uh, i'm going to trust them on this and uh 
what's really cool about that is that we've basically had this church kind of started now for for basically at least the Jerusalem church has been around for if it's 80 uh, 33 it's been 16 years of the Christian church being a thing um, if it's 80 uh, 30 then it's been 19 years so keep that in mind this is like 20 years into its journey which is fairly typical of uh, churches in general um, once you get to that like 20 year mark that's usually when you start having your first doctrinal you know squat if not sooner um, so yeah um, this is definitely kind of set um, at the growth of the church in more ways than one um, Ashley brought up something really good that I will touch on with this entire chapter as a whole. There are really two ways that you can read stories like this in Acts. Uh, One way is a way called prescriptive reading. Prescriptive reading basically means that um, you read this whole story as law and you are attempting to do everything the way they did it. Okay. So if they, uh, form a group of elders and apostles and they talk about the issue and they uh, essentially come to an agreement just with the leaders. Uh, that's the way all churches should do it. It's prescribing the way that all churches from then on out should do it, essentially. The other reading of that would be a descriptive reading of that text, which would be that this isn't prescribing us here today that we need to do it that way so we don't need to get apostles and elders together and the leaders together and form a group and then decide doctrinal issues and sort out problems like that Um, this is just how they did it in their time it's a story that's describing how they did it in our time and we are free to do it how we think is best This is a question you can ask about literally every story in scripture, unfortunately. Um, You can ask it about things in the Old Testament. You can ask it about things in the New Testament. Um, Every story in particular, you can ask, is it describing how they were doing it and I don't have to do it? Or is it prescribing, actually telling me I need to do it this way? Um, That's a big question. Uh, In Acts in particular, uh, Wayfarers has always taken a uh, both and a kind of approach to it, where um, specifically there are some things in Acts 2 that we take a more prescriptive view on. Specifically in Acts 2, there's a section that talks about they gathered together and they ate together and they um, did communion together and they prayed together. And we take that pretty seriously and we take that as prescriptive, like something that's good for the church to do. Um, other things we don't take as um, prescriptive. And in this case, this is one of those ones that um, when I was talking with Nick about this over the week, we lean more descriptive on this one, especially when we get to the end and we kind of talk about those four laws in particular. Um, But um, that doesn't mean if it is descriptive that you just throw all this out the window. Okay. If you are to take that view, you're still to take what it's describing as wisdom basically, as something that you can meditate on and say, huh, they did that this way. I wonder what that means for me today, right? Maybe I'm not going to try and do the exact same thing that they did, but um, this is a really good concept to grasp is 
uh, when you're reading stories in the Bible in particular, if you see them doing something like this, like pulling the elders together, forming a group kind of convention session where they all talk about the issue and boil it all down. Um, we can take things from that as good and true, like certain wisdom applications of that. We may not want to do it that same way, but we can say, okay, it's good to have all of the leaders in agreement. Like that might be a good wisdom principle to take from this. If a wisdom leader is not in agreement on this, maybe we should try and hash that out. You know, um, if, uh, it's good to have, um, like I was actually teaching a wisdom uh, principle earlier when I was talking about how um, they sent two people back to Antioch to sort of be extra verification. Okay. We don't need to do that. Like we don't need to like send two literal people to every other church that we may have problems with or something like that. You don't have to literally do that, but going the extra mile, the wisdom principle underneath that is to go the extra mile and try and qualm or quelm, sorry, quelm as many anxieties as you can. Does that make sense? Is that tracking? Okay, cool. That's a really important point. If you are to take it descriptive, it doesn't mean you throw it all out and, oh, it's just it's just describing something. I don't have to think about it as something that matters to my personal life. No, don't do that. Um, stories still, still give you a wisdom principle that you should f follow, really. And a lot of... Uh, even when I go to the side of descriptive, I'm still looking for things in that that I can learn because um, that's kind of what the Bible's about um, is it's describing a lot of things happening and we're supposed to learn these bits of wisdom underneath the story that's being told. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. That's very true. Um, I wish more people said that about the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that little jibe. All right. So, um, yeah, I talked about prescriptive versus descriptive. So, specifically uh, to that question, should you have apostles and elders in your church? Is that something that you should absolutely have? If you take the prescriptive view, yes. If you take the descriptive view, maybe. That's basically what it boils down to. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one to take here. Uh, I think you can figure that on your, out on your own. And honestly, it's a question that's actually a really good question to ask um, because it really does allow you to be more open in reading the Bible. And um, if you're the type of person to take everything as prescriptive, um, I would caution against that in particular, um, especially if you're like, uh, looking at some of the old Testament things where like David sleeping with Bathsheba or something <laughs> like don't take that as prescriptive, <laughs> right? Uh, we can all agree on that. <laughs> that is describing what's happening, not prescribing what you should do. Um, and, or even down to Paul in one of his letters says, greet each one, each, uh, brother and sister with a holy kiss. Um, if you want to take that as prescriptive, sure, I guess. Greet each one, of the, greet everyone with a holy kiss. Um, sure. <laughs> but um, I would uh, hazard a guess that in your reading of that, if you've come across that verse, you've probably already internalized that as 
descriptive, even if you didn't have the word for it. So just keep that in mind. 